And I'm Grace. And this is what we wish people knew. Lucy Salucci is a Canadian author who has spent the last few years of her life examining the roles that women fill in Western civilization and questioning the crisis of the depleted spirit that many women wrestle with during their middle years. She's reaching out to women everywhere with her book, Loom, which will be published in the summer of 2019 in an attempt to connect with her readers, lay out a truth, and encourage women to make the space that is necessary for their journeys of personal growth. Welcome to What I Wish People Knew About Career Burnout. Lucy, can you tell us a bit about your professional experience and what led you to an interest in career burnout and personal growth? Yes. Um, My experience um, that uh, kind of took me down this, steered me in this direction was uh, during the time I had a two-year stint between um, 2011 and 2013 when I was just so completely overwhelmed by my life's responsibilities that uh, I was not able to function at my job. During that time, I was uh, a dance educator. That's what I was trained professionally for. I've been teaching dance for about uh, 25 years now. And at that point, I was about 16, 17 years into my career. And I was so spent by everything that my job required of me that um, I just had nothing left in the tank to give. Mm -hmm. So I I ended up taking um, a a small career sabbatical, and uh, I always say that I hid in plain sight uh, during that time as a barista at Starbucks. I took took a fun little job. I downsized from having a career to a job because I figured I could go in and do this job, and there would be absolutely no um, preparation prior to going to work. Right. I I didn't have to answer emails or plan classes or make schedules or, you know, get anything aligned. I just had to make sure I had clean clothes and I was presentable and I would go in and serve coffee and chat with customers. And it um, it helped keep me going. Okay, so it was kind of removed some of the, the pressure off of you. It did. It removed the pressure off, but it kept me in a social environment where I was uh, I wasn't just curled up in a ball and and hiding in the corner for two years. I was out. I was still in the workforce and uh, I was speaking with people every day. And it it was such a great social job and it was so fun. And I had such great experiences with coworkers. I worked with a great group of people and I met a lot of great people. And it's funny because my time at Starbucks actually uh, led to all the opportunities that have placed me where I am today. On the one hand, uh, I took the time to write about my experience of leaving my job because that was a very painful decision to make. Yeah. I really loved what I did, but um, I was just overwhelmed by it and unable to function efficiently and effectively. Mm-hmm. I felt that um, I felt that I wasn't the type of instructor that my students needed me to be I wasn't who they deserved to have so I I couldn't do the job and I wrote about all of these feelings and how difficult it was to come to terms with all of that and that story was actually published um, in an edition of chicken soup for the soul 
Oh, okay. Yeah, in the Time to Thrive edition. It's a little book with a, a little brown owl on it. And in it, I write about my experience uh, yeah. at Starbucks for two years and how being there led to where I'm working now because the um, I did end up going back to, uh, to the dance world uh, okay. differently than I, I functioned before. I, did, I do the job more on my terms now and in a way that I've learned that I can handle. And the lady who I work for came into the store where I was working as a barista and she recognized me and she was kind of, you know, baffled to see me behind the counter. It was one of those, you know, what are you doing here? Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I ended up, um, I ended up coming to work for her. So it, it, it's funny how it was just, it all led to where I am now. Okay. And how are you balancing things better? You know, I know you said that um, you're not putting as much pressure on yourself and you're kind of aware of your limits more, but what are some things that you've put into place to practice that? I um, am mindful of the hours I take on. Okay. I don't go at the time. I think I was teaching um, close to 30 hours a week, oh, yeah. uh, which required you know, prep time for yeah. each of the classes. Um, so I, I've kind of capped myself at a limit of, of the, the number of hours I'm teaching a week. And I also have um, gone to great lengths to keep myself out of the competitive stream. Mm. So I don't do any of the, um, the working with the competitive students uh -huh. because that I found was where it was taking up the most of my time was creating all the choreography and then being present for all the extra rehearsals and then there would be and competitions and recitals. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Um, so it sounds like you kind of learned your own limits and then set boundaries around that. And a part of that is learning kind of how to say no, um, even when it's, you know, on the job. Absolutely. And I think, um, I think as women, we're not really programmed to say no, no. right? We're, <laughs> mm -hmm. we, we, um, we are in a culture that has taught us to say yes. You mm -hmm. know, yes, I can do that for you. Yes, I can handle that. Yeah, absolutely. What do you need? Yes, yes, yes. And in saying all of those yeses, we neglect our own needs. And yeah. sometimes we really... Uh, sentence ourselves to uh, a, a punishing existence mm -hmm. where we're just constantly depleting the tank. Yeah, it has a lot more consequences than um, I think people really consider until, For sure. you know, at, at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that's the number one thing I've had to learn is how to say no, I'm sorry, yeah. I, I, I cannot do that. It's hard. It's hard. It, it's not, it it's not easy, in my nature. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so so tell us a bit more about what career burnout is. You know, how how would I know, um, you know, if this would um, apply to me or not? You know, are there some signs people should be looking for? Things like that. Mm hmm. Well, I think I would define career burnout um, as something that is characterized by an emotional and mental exhaustion. And I feel oftentimes there's, um, there's a cynical attitude that starts to creep into your thought patterns in regards to your job. And then 
you begin to notice uh, an ineffectiveness that paralyzes all of your tasks within the workplace. Okay. I feel like that's probably the, the biggest defining characterization of career burnout for me. And I think that uh, people can recognize that in themselves if they start to notice a depletion of energy or motivation, uh, if they start feeling uh, crippling fatigue, if there's an increase in irritability and frustration, um, physical symptoms like headaches, stomach aches, um, and and also and perhaps this is the the saddest part about it is the the debilitation. Um, like the debilitating self-doubt and the lowered mm. self-esteem because then you start to feel like I'm no good at this job anymore. I, I can't do this. This thing that once lit me up and was my grandest passion in life is mm -hmm. now in the toilet and I don't know how to rectify the situation. And of course, nine times out of 10, what do we do? We internalize that. Well, this is happening because uh, you know, basically I suck. I can't yeah. do this well. I can't do that well. And, you look around at all these other, for me, it was other women. I would look around at other women who were teachers or studio owners or were doing other things. And like me, they had families and um, everyone is spinning around at a hundred miles an hour and we all wear the mask, right? Everyone's smiling. Okay. Everything's great. We're fine. And you look around and you see, well, if they're juggling all of these things, why can't I do that as well? And then we start to Absolutely, yes. We start to play that game with ourselves and we're hard on ourselves and that just makes things worse. Yeah, right. So I guess, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm kind of thinking here is people, um, if you have career burnout and maybe even rationalizing it, well, maybe I just, I just don't like that job. Maybe I'm not good at it anymore. Maybe I'm being, you know, difficult or negative. So mm -hmm. what, what's the difference between, you know, actual burnout you know, and, and some of these, you know, other um, issues, like, I just don't like this job, or I don't like my coworkers. Or... Right. Yeah, well, that's, that's a very good point, because they can be very similar, those mm -hmm. two sort of pervasive issues in someone's life. But um, I, I think the biggest thing that would separate those two from from my point of view would be uh, looking at the overall alignment of uh, your goals and values with your company's goals and values mm. right so if, if you if your personal mission statement of what it is you're trying to put out in the world and what you want to accomplish with your work is not the same as what your company's uh, mission statement is then there you're looking at a situation where you're like perhaps I'm not a good fit for this particular company you know okay. I I, I believe in the work that I'm doing, but I come to work every day feeling like uh, a round block that I'm trying to force into a square peg. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that doesn't work. Or you might be feeling that uh, your particular contributions are not appreciated amongst your coworkers or with your employer, that your voice doesn't count. You know, those kinds of things tend to make me suspect that you're just not in a place that's a good fit for you. Okay. You know, versus, keep... sorry? No, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, well, that versus being uh, at a job where all of a sudden apathy is creeping in and helplessness and hopelessness and feelings of, I don't 
know how much longer I can keep the balls in the air. I just don't know how to do this anymore. You know, to me, I think that's where the major difference is between having career burnout or just being in a, a position that you're not enjoying. Okay. It sounds like it's, it's burnout, um, you know, really feels like um, a sense of being defeated. Absolutely. Yes, I would agree with that. Okay. So um, why is it important, you know, for people to be talking about career burnout? I feel that we need to talk about this more um, as a society because the danger of unaddressed career burnout um, lies in the increased potential to develop um, conditions like clinical depression and other deteriorating mental health conditions. Right. Um, and I feel like we don't really necessarily make the connection there between, you know, you, you know, Julie was fine, you know, one day and then, you know, the next day and then the next day and then a few months later, you know, she can't function anymore. Well, what happened? And I feel like it's just a sense of sweeping it under the rug all the time and not mm-hmm. wanting to discuss how um, dangerous it is to just keep soldiering on, putting one foot in front of the other when you're experiencing such deep-seated unhappiness. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like from the employer's point of view, uh, unaddressed career burnout leads to things like increased absenteeism, mm-hmm. uh, decreased productivity, and uh, overall it just... I feel lowers the morale in the workforce. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things. I feel like if we don't address career burnout issues, basically it becomes a cancer within the workforce that just takes over. Right. Um, And I think it's, you know, one of the things that you said was, you know, you continue to be out about in the workforce, you know, getting that job at Starbucks around people. And I think when we start, you know, comparing ourselves to others or the what's wrong with me mentality, you really start isolating yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we do. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, that's exactly what happens. And it's just when, when we think about how our culture operates, you know, we wake up in the morning, we make our coffee and most mm-hmm. of us, if there's any spare time where we're bringing out our mobile devices and we're looking up whatever our favorite forms of social media are. And Mm -hmm. we look at everybody's highlight reel of pictures they've posted of themselves and how shiny and happy and brilliant they're looking and everything looks great from whatever particular filter they've, they've chosen (laughs) to highlight Mm -hmm. their pictures. And we compare our, own private hell with that and of course we feel like failures mm-hmm. that way you know so I think that it's important that we're we're open and honest about that and um, we have more conversations about it and that's why that's how this this book that I'm writing Loom how mm-hmm. this got started because I started speaking with more Um, not just women, but other people too, about their experiences. And I realized that I was not alone. And there were so many more people like me that were having similar experiences, but everyone is afraid to talk about it. Right. Well, and it is a thing that's kind of looked at as, you know, a life transition, or, you know, you internalize it on yourself as a person. Yes, absolutely. Um, So you have a book coming out this summer called Loom. Um, yes. Do you, do you want to tell us a bit about what your book will be about or is about? 
Yes. Um, Loom is, um, it's a collection of essays. And basically, my aim with it is to provide a, um, uh, a field guide for the depleted female spirit to going within and reconnecting herself with the ability to create joy for herself in her life. Okay. Oh, I love that. Oh, thank you. Well, so can you give us an example, um, you know, one of maybe one of the topics that you touch on? I touch on topics of um, uh, of women, um, our roles in society, our role in the home, how, you know, our very nature to be givers and sustainers and how we have to really guard against completely depleting our own reserves because when that happens we're not able to experience any joy from our partners or our children or our even our friends and family the community that surrounds us you know when on in moments when i felt very um depleted and like there's everything is difficult and it's hard i'm not able to take joy in anything and i I always had the perspective that it was something that was happening to me. Life was happening to me and it was hard. And this, I was just, I'm here to suffer. <laughs> it sounds awful. You know, I, I, I shudder yeah, when this I. This is just how my life oh, is. Exactly. I, yes. Right. And it just feels terrible to look back on that and realize that that was my mindset. But it's and, so common. I mean, I hear so many people say yes. things like that. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is what I've realized. The way out of that is to realize that our lives are of our creation. And there is so much we can do to affect change in areas where we are unhappy. And it all begins with your uh, the filter of um, how you're looking at things, your, your perspective, mm -hmm. the self-talk that you have with yourself, yeah. how you frame your experiences. And I realized that I was capable of creating the joy that I felt was missing in my life. And yeah. I wanted to reach out and connect with other women and share my experience with them and uh, show them that they are, they are not alone and, and they're able to affect change in their own lives as well. Yeah, well, I, I, I love it. I think that's a great um, idea for a book and really well needed. Um, keep us posted when it comes out. I'd, I'd love to check it out um, and share it with others. Um, for sure, I will. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Great. Um, you know, you've talked a bit about how, you know, you kind of prevented career burnout um, and got back on track for yourself. What are some other ways that, that you have found, um, you know, in your experience are, are helpful for people? Um, I think that it's very important that people set boundaries for themselves in terms mm -hmm. of not only how much they can take on at work, but uh, a way to leave work at work. And this is especially true for um, women entrepreneurs and self-starters who have families and yeah. are, you know, always busy at home. And then they're, the work is something that's always going on in the background. Mm -hmm. uh, for these, for these people, I would say it's important that you have uh, your own office hours, times of the day when you will be checking in with emails and phone calls and responding right away to important texts and then times when you are unplugged mm -hmm. um, and I think the need to unplug and the need for solitude 
um, regular solitude, whether it be a time that you carve daily and weekly into your routine to help replenish yourself is very important in terms of your own mental health and keeping afloat and not getting sucked into the tidal wave of uh, overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Um, As well, I think it's important too that you have the opportunity to keep training and uh, improving your skill set. Because I noticed that when I went back to work and I started going back and doing teachers courses and workshops, it just renewed my love for teaching dance. And I realized that I wasn't all washed up or finished or done with it. I still had something left to give because I still had things that I could learn. And I think if employers set up programs for their employees where they can continue to be educating themselves, that goes a long way to them feeling like things are still fresh and, mm-hmm. uh, and they're, they're renewed. If, if you're being fed, then you feel like you have something to, to give and to feed to others. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think even offering choices, you know, like, um, a couple of different things that you can be learning. That's really, you know, your specific passion. Um, you know, cause there's, you know, in dance, there's a million types of dance and, and, um, you know, interpretations and things like that. Um, so it sounds like, yeah, resparking the passion that first got you going. Um, yes, yes. I think that it, it all it always comes back to passion. And, and for me, mm-hmm. I had to ask myself the question, why, why did I want to be a dance teacher? And it was because once upon a time, I fell in love with dance. So yeah. I had to rekindle that. And I started uh, taking, um, in the summertime, I started taking classes for myself. And it had nothing to do with being an instructor. I just went in and I took free dance classes, freestyle, mm-hmm. different. I went back, I did ballet, I did contemporary, I took things I had never done before, just because I wanted to rekindle that spark. And it was great, because I would work my my physical body, I would be sweating, I could feel my muscles, you know, pushing mm-hmm. themselves. And I remembered, you know, it was like I was I was a teenager again. And I had that feeling of, oh, man, I just love coming to dance class. And yeah. when we lose that, that love, that spark, that passion, then it just opens up a, a, a void. Everything else gets sucked out. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a spiral. Um, so going back to basics. For sure. Yeah, go back to reconnecting with your passion. Ask yourself, what is it that I love about, about this? What drew me to it? And see if you can give yourself... Um, if you can connect with something that'll give you a little bit of that feeling back again. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's great. Um, do you, do you have anything else that you would like to share that my questions haven't haven't addressed so far? Um, I feel that I feel career burnout is something that affects all people, regardless of gender or race or whatever your, your job happens to be. But I feel that this is something that, um, is, particularly hazardous to women who have families because but I noticed that before I, I had I had children and before I was married and had a home and a children and a husband and people that I want to give things to um, in my own family I work and then I would come home and it would just be you know 
home is home and it's just put my feet up and yeah you were done I was done I didn't have yeah. to speak to anyone <laughs> to, for the next day on, uh, if I wanted you know right. and it was it was all about me your time was 100% your own exactly whereas after I got married and and we had children and we decided we would have we would have a house and, and all of the you know the trappings of modern life which yeah. which bring me a lot of joy and I would never want to be without them but mm-hmm. I noticed that when I came home that it was almost like okay well here's the second shift now right and I I feel like that's um that experience is something that uh, that everyone feels, uh, every woman feels, who is in the stage of life that I am. Right. So I feel that career women with families have to be particular vigilant, uh, particularly vigilant against um, career burnout, and they have to know what the signs are and recognize it in themselves, and really um, not let it fester, because that right. is a, a spectacular recipe for a lot of misery yeah. in their lives. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and not taking it, you know, as, as a sign of, of weakness of, you know, setting those boundaries for yourself, because, you know, I think a lot of the times when we, when we say no to things or when we feel mm-hmm. like we're wasting time by, you know, taking a bath or a walk by yourself or whatever it is. Um, but it's, it's equally as important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I've noticed it's the people who are not shy to say no and who do make the time for these regular things um, Mm -hmm. that are the happiest and the, the most centered, you know, there, you know, there's some people that are just, they're so calm and, and, and it just seems that they've, they've got it together and you just, you just really joy, take a lot of joy in being around them. And I feel like these, these are people that have learned those lessons you know, so this is uh, this is what I'm attending to in, in this season of my life right now. Is those are the things I'm trying to learn how to do because that's what I aspire to be. Well, that's great, and I think um, I really do think this is something that you know isn't highlighted enough, um, and it's overlooked probably too often. Um, so thank you so much for doing this, and and I look forward to your book. It sounds like it's a it, it's going to be great. Oh, well, you're welcome. And thank you for having me as a guest today. This was an incredible honor. Of course, anytime. Okay. To learn more about other mental health topics, visit our website, www.acceptingtherapy.com. Thanks for listening to What I Wish People Knew.